Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Diane Beatty. Diane Beatty has a passion and love for technology. Her degree is marketing and management science. She is a tech guru that started in the U.S. Navy in SATCOM and grew into designing, architecting, and implementing intranet and internet-facing DMZ environments for banks, pioneering efforts in vulnerability management, process designs for a large banking infrastructure using enterprise security methodologies. Today, Diane brings the lessons learned to small and medium-sized businesses as a strategist. She was named the seven-minute strategist due to the many dozens of patents she gave to corporate environments. Now, Diane refocuses this passion to create synergy and co-create online presence with entrepreneurs and business owners to systematize their offerings to create multiple streams of income. Welcome to the podcast, Diane. Well, thank you, Kimberly. This is a, this is an honor. Yeah, so glad to have you here. And I know we're going to get into some really juicy uh, topics here. So <laughs> let's just start out with you telling us, you know, who you are, where you kind of started out, and how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Well, um, you pretty much read my whole uh, bio there. So um, I started out at 20 in the Navy, which launched me into noticing that I, I there were mysteries inside of me that I didn't know were there. I didn't know that, you know, that I could spot anomalies until suddenly, you know, somebody goes, we've tried everybody. We're just going to ask you, can you figure out this problem? This is not working and we don't know how to fix it. And I would take a glance at it and I said, well, I think it's right there. Do you see this? And they go, they, they, their eyes would go get really big and they would go, we've been looking at this. We've all been looking at this. How is it you just walk up and look at this and boom, you spot it. I don't know. You, we don't know what it is inside of us that is so unique from everyone else. And so it's like a lifelong discovery. What is it that makes you special? Yeah, awesome. So you started out in, in the Navy and how did you, what made you decide to go into the Navy? Well, my aunt worked in retail and so she gave me a part-time job scrolling, you know, in my teenage years. And that kind of turned into, I worked in retail through high school. I like, I don't sit still well. I'm always busy doing something. And I just knew that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life doing that. And then a friend came to me and she goes, you know what, Diane, I think I'm going to go join the Navy. And I went, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> things like this. And, but she was afraid to drive down to downtown Dallas. And um, so I went, oh, well, to me, that's fun. So I like the one-way streets and figuring it out and keeping it straight. So I drove her to, to the meeting and the recruiter was very wise. He says, why don't you just stay and listen? So I did, which, which meant I went home and I said, mother, if you had the chance to live your life all over again, would you ever consider doing it differently? Would you ever consider something like joining the Navy? And she looks at me and she goes, do it. <laughs> I went, my mother shocked me. I went, what do you mean do it? She goes, Diane, right out, of, uh, right out of high school. Then she went to college. She got married. She had babies. 
And she goes, is that what you want to do? And I went, uh, no, it isn't <laughs> what I want to do. She goes, I would do it. So I went, okay, daddy, I was thinking about joining the Navy. What do you think? My dad was in the army for two hitches and he said, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> so it started a big discussion in my family and I ended up joining the Navy because like my mother, you know, a woman is kind of her role is chosen for her in many respects. And I just didn't see myself doing life that way. And I chose the harder, the harder way that, and, and in a way I started praying about it. And I felt like the Lord said, do you want to go on an adventure with me? And I went, <laughs> yes, I do. And, and it was, it was an adventure of discovering who I was, who he was, how to surrender my heart, my life, my ambitions, goals, dreams, desires, everything, and just get free and go and do what I felt like he wanted me to do. And so that's what happened. Wow. So what, um, once you started on this adventure, what kind of adventures did you have when you got into the Navy? Any oh. cool experiences you want to share? Well, yes, I became, uh, besides the Navy and besides working at SACOM and um, interesting things happened. Like I took my, I got my PADI license. I became a, a scuba diver and I did crazy things like a free ascent at 90 feet. And they said, oh, well, you've been able to do this. You should be able to do it from 160 feet. And I went, no, no. <laughs> 90 feet was good enough for me. I proved to myself that I'm not going to die. And that I can absolutely monitor my thinking, my mind, my breathing, or breathing out anyway. And, and I did it. I was so excited that I lived <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> and, and this is in the ocean in Guam. Uh, so, I mean, there were sharks everywhere. And I just learned to kind of swim with the sharks and not let them bother me or get into interrupt me. Of course, none actually came right up on me uh, during that free ascent. Might have been a different story, but uh -huh. for, for both me and, and my instructor, but uh -huh. no, it, I, I learned to control me and, and monitor my thinking and my breathing and my actions, reactions. I was taught a lot of things that you normally don't even think about uh -huh. in a corporate world certainly even in your, your, your thinking, your own thinking, t turning off that noise and not listening to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So how has that helped you in the corporate environment, being able to actually regulate yourself? You know, it's so important for us to be able to actually self-regulate, to be disciplined or to be, you know, to actually be going in the direction you want to go. Well, I will say that, um, in corporate America, I, you know, I, I, I see what's missing, but like I saw the anomaly, I, I became like the anomaly that identifies anomalies. But I also noticed another side of me is I noticed gaps, I noticed what's missing. So I would go into these companies. And I just remember that, for one, I built an accounting system for Bank One Chase. And then I started building intranets because it was starting to become a thing. And these companies did not know how to get their brand presence out. So they said, uh, would you build the server to do this? And I went, absolutely. So I started building uh, intranet servers, which led to me building one at 
bank one. I built one at, uh, I think it was Rap Collins and learning other things and components of it. But the big opportunity that I was given was at Bank of America. So I built Bank of America's intranet. And I said, well, how big do you think this is gonna be? And they said, oh, we expect maybe one or two servers by next year, next December, like a whole year away. Well, in three months, I had already built 20 of them, 20 servers, built all these different websites for them, got them up and running. And in the time frame that they expected me to have just built maybe one or two, no more than four, I had over a hundred because when I started speaking out loud, what people could do, the opportunities that they could have if they would just dream or release themselves that it, it turned into a miraculous situation so much so that when in, in two years, and I did this as a, a contractor, I wasn't an employee. Mm -hmm. They offered me a position to build their DMZ. Their e-commerce, this is where the e-commerce online banking resides at a bank. It's not inside the bank and it's not outside on the internet. It's in a cushion called a demilitarized zone. It's a military term, which I understood, mm -hmm. but it, it's a cushion, a demilitarized zone between the inside of a, a company and the outside of a company. So mm -hmm. in this space where we all go on to do our online banking or bill pay or whatever we're doing in some of these other companies like Amazon or, you know, that we go and purchase things. This is where the e-commerce takes place. So I, I built this infrastructure for them and it, it wasn't just a little good. The first uh, opportunity to build a site within a year, it made a billion dollars, which exposed me to working with monetary authorities like Hong Kong, Singapore, international monetary authorities to work on their encryption standards and, and go by their guidelines. But it was so much fun that, so that was the second department I built there. And then I built another for vulnerability management and the enterprise security framework. And my cybersecurity background, it just kind of exploded all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so I was a pioneer in a time when there was a lot to build, it didn't exist. So what I did is I brought all of those skills out of that corporate and into building for the small to medium-sized businesses. Since if you start building for the big boys, like this was a million node network that I pretty much <laughs> had the vulnerability management system that I monitored all around that. And um, going and building a small environment for a small company or even a medium size, I've, I've worked with all size companies and I find it very fun. And being that seven minute strategist, they bring me in and I say, tell me your problem. Tell me what you're experiencing. And so we just kind of take a deep dive into what they want to do. And I said, well, let me tell you a story about this client and what this client was facing. And, and because of their situation, which is similar to yours, I made the following suggestions. And, you know, so it, everything is uniquely crafted. Every organization, every person, every one of us has a unique personality and offering a gift that we give to our clients. And so that's where the strategist comes into play and I'm able to help them. Wow, that's awesome. So um, when you were talking about doing that deep dive, so how important is it for us to get up to our edge of our comfort zone and just kind of jump off? 
Well, you know, the wildest thing is people, they can have a minimal uh, product offering. They don't have to have all of their ducks in a row. They just simply need to know, you know, how to, how to express what it is that they want to do. And so many of the clients that come to me, you know, they say, I've got something of value, but I'm not able to attract anyone to it. And so I, I just, I just talk to them. I talk to them. It's like, well, what value do you offer? How do you want to offer it? And we just get into those discussions of let's talk about a sequence, a process flow. Um, let's talk about how you plan to nurture your, your clients because many people are under the wrong impression that we're out here selling, 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 selling. And it's not about selling. It's a, it's about offering value and being a steward of those uh, those gifts that you might have, the gifts and the talents and the treasures that are within you. It's like the whole world is waiting for each of us to rise up and step into those places, the, that, that dream that we've always had that's been with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, you know, you're asked that question when you were a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And then you get, then you grow up and you say, I don't know why I'm in the position I'm in. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. It is not fulfilling me, but I just don't know how to step off and step into something new. Well, this is where I come in to help a lot of people. It's like, what's, what do you want to really do? And so I can counsel them from that end. Or if they come to me and they say, you know what? I've been in business for a while. This is my product offering. This is what I want to do. But I don't know how to brand myself well. And I teach them how to brand themselves, how to become their brand, not no longer hiding behind a logo mm-hmm. to get in front of a camera and do what they've tried to avoid forever. You know, <laughs> maybe they went to Toastmasters and maybe gave their icebreaker. And I can tell you that was me. That used to be me. Oh my goodness. It's like, don't tell me to get in front of a camera. And then I heard, I, I just heard this voice from behind me saying, flip that camera around and get in front of it. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. So <laughs> And now with the whole world shifting to Zoom, we're all on camera. Yes, We all have to give elevator speeches. We all have to talk about what we do. And you can either freeze up and be paralyzed or you can say, I'm just going to overcome this. I'm going to get in front of that camera and I'm going to just do it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a good thing that people have you to hold their hand to try and get through this. (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) Well, sometimes we need that. I know, I know a lot of people and I know I have coaches. I have a project manager now that helps me Um, because some of us just need that handholding or someone who has been there, done that, knows what to do and can, you know, cut learning in half just by, you know, know, knowing the road. What you just said is exactly what we're all discovering. Those who just used this this whole new um, economy, I don't know what to call this, but this whole new uh, error shift that we're in, those who really got out and got into networking and meeting other people and going online, they found, they discovered a community. And my dream is to pull together all of the components that it takes, all of the different businesses that it takes to absolutely take everyone's value and what's in them and get them pivoted and 
into a curved trajectory, you know, to launch them into what I call their brand new day. And Mm -hmm. every one of us, we fit together like a glove. I mean, we're all uniquely gifted that if we can figure out how to work together, stay in our lane and, and only offer what it is we do and not try to force ourselves to do what somebody else is skilled to do, then, and, and not be in competition with each other, but to realize that there is more than enough. You know, God is a God of abundance. He is not a God of poverty. And I run into people who think they have to, you know, steal or something or, 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 or you know, not do it the right way. But my whole positioning as I'm an inclusivity person, I want to include everybody. So if I can include all of my friends and making someone else's life, a potential client's life, perfect. And, and, you know, perfect is an illusion too, but, but put everything in alignment for them and make it simple. Actually, that's the word. As a strategist, I simplify the complicated. I bring in what it is, the tools that you need to make and accomplish the dreams and bring the value to you so that you can bring the value within you out for the world to find you. Mm-hmm. And going back into that inclusivity and just community, um, how valuable are alliances with other um, you know, parallel businesses where you know they're not really offering the same thing, but if you could put together a group of people all with their own things, but kind of offering it together as a group, how would that work? You know, it's interesting that you said that because this, because of this year, I joined Master Networks and I have been on countless calls where there are so many web designers and see web design is where I started out in 97. I started my company as web design back in 97, but I don't, I do web design today, but that's not my primary focus. I do click funnels, I do drip marketing campaigns, I do teach people how to do their advertising and all kinds of webinars, online presence, seminars. I mean, it's just, what do you wanna do? Mm-hmm. But what I've discovered to directly answer your question is getting into the face-to-face with those who are in a similar, they say they do this. We have got, we look at each other and go, we could not be more different. We all mm-hmm. focus on something that we're so uniquely gifted in And so when somebody says, oh, I own this area, like this is mine, you said the wrong word in a meeting, I kind (laughs) of go, well, tell me what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't take offense. We don't want to take offense with each other. What it is, is we want to get to know each other exactly what you said, because what I do well, they may not do well. And what they do well, I may not do well. Mm -hmm. And there's always that room to grow. There's always this room for open you know, clear, concise communication, because communication is key to anything. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because the more we go to these networking meetings, obviously we're going to run into somebody who does the very same thing we do. And, but by confronting that head on, I think we're going to eliminate the barriers that people just instantly want to build up. It's like, nope, that's mine. You can't have it. And it's like, well, tell me exactly what you do. And then you get on the call and they go, well, no, I'm, I'm really doing the branding uh-huh. or, or I'm doing the, the, the technical aspects behind all of this. And it's like, well, I do the click funnels. Mm-hmm. It's like, and we're, you know, this is like, we're missing each other, but uh-huh. we're saying the same words to describe what we do, but we're not doing the same things that someone 
hearing the message might think we're doing. Exactly. And that's an, uh, a time when you can actually refer to each other also. Exactly. I, I'm really into specialists. I mean, I think I'm a specialist in my area. And um, when I come, when I'm doing general optometry and someone comes in and they have a problem that's more advanced, I'm sending them to the specialist, you know, and I think that helps the person or the client also, because who doesn't want to have the best person doing the thing they know the best. That's exactly right. So I'm a social media strategist. Um, as well. I mean, that fits directly into the seven minute strategist, but I'm that social media strategist that I help you think about what you want to do. I challenge you to step out of that fear, whatever it is that's holding you back. And I challenge people to do what they know they have to do. They know it deep inside. And it's like, I know this, I know this, you're going to make me do what I don't want to do. And I said, do you know what's on the other side of when you do this? You're going to find the, the, the true joy, the true joy and treasure and timelessness. And you're going to recover those things that you thought you lost. You're just going to step into a brand new day. And that's what I call it. It's your brand new day. Don't mm-hmm. miss it. Don't fail to show up. Yeah. So I'm going to switch topics for a second here because you sent me some questions and one of them E-commerce space is owned by the Chinese. Why don't you talk about that? I think people would be interested in knowing what you mean by that. That's a very interesting question. I actually gave a a top 2020 trends for 2020 back last year, last December. And that was one of the things I said, does anyone in America even know what's going on in the e-commerce space today? Because really we are all in it. And we're not paying attention. And the obvious is if you go take the measurements and statistics and percentages, the United States is lumped in with the rest of the world and the Chinese have half of it. They have half of the e-commerce space and it's easily confirmed and verifiable. And so one of my passions is to help businesses in America get their head wrapped around this. If we pull together and we, we respond and act like a corporate environment instead of, like you said, pitting against each other. Oh, this is my space. Oh, this is my space. That's going to keep us isolated. And we're going to, that companies can't work. If they can't work together, then, you know, how are you going to survive? Because you're, you need a team. We all need a team. We can't do this alone. We have to work together. And learning to communicate and overcome our differences is going to make us one big solid unit. And can you imagine, I think, what, 70% of American, America's economy is the small to medium-sized businesses? What if we learned to a synergy to work together and even make that more solid and grow it even bigger and become, become what we were really meant to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that makes sense because... I think any business, big or small, needs support. I mean, large companies do it by just hiring lots of people. But if we can just kind of get together and support each other. So, if you know, if you have a weakness here, someone else can fill it and, you know, you can fill theirs. And, and like you said, um, you know, numbers are better. In fact, I'm being in the medical society, um, you know, doctors for the last 10 years have been coming into groups, big groups. It used to be you'd have your 
independent family doctor on the corner, you know, in his little office, but no more. Now there's these big medical groups where all the doctors are joining. Why? To So that the expenses go down for one thing, because that's a huge um, thing right now where the expenses are so high to be an independent doctor. So they're coming into these groups and you'll see that with many different medical areas. And, you know, if the rest of the world doing whatever they do would come into groups, they can combine their resources. Exactly right. And, and because I'm a strategist, I've gone into different medical groups like you're talking about. And I talked to them about how they measure the success of the different doctors that they're working with within their own individual company. And what I've had them identify their key performance indicators to find out what is directly impacting the return on investment. So I can get to a lot of different levels within an uh, uh, organization's conversation to determine what are the best strategic steps for them to take. And when they look at the qualitative and the quantitative analysis for how well their, their organization is doing based on the analogy you presented here, I asked them, I said, so which doctors do you think are making you money? And they looked at me and they go, oh, it's got to be this doctor, this, this, this. And I said, and which ones do you think are costing you money? And so um, I've actually built these internal measurement anal analysis tools within their organization. And mm -hmm. I always ask them these questions ahead of time because, because what invariably happens is that the doctors that they do so well with that everything flows just really great. Those doctors have no system and how they manage their clients in, internally. And they're not consistent in the way they do anything. That's why they're so accommodating. But when you go to the doctors that say that have a prescribed system, they're check, 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 and how they manage their flow process flows internally. Those doctors are saving them so much money and they never knew it. They didn't know it until I brought it to their attention with the facts and the data to prove it. And it's this type of thing that a lot of companies just don't think about. It's how are you? And this gets into my, my management science where I do a lot of, of measurements. And this is where I put it all together and what I offer clients without even thinking about it, the performance metrics, the performance monitoring, and you know who's making you money, who's not making you money, where are you wasting your time, where are you making your profitability and and how do you do this type of thing because it's critical to our success it's just exciting hearing you talk about numbers I can just tell you love looking at these numbers and stats and then seeing the anomalies and you're just overflowing <laughs> and glowing when you're talking about it so it's just in you it's just part of you it's the strategist. It just comes uh -huh. out. And, and it's like what I've discovered is you could plug me in at 100,000 feet or ground zero within your organization. And it's like, what do you want to talk about today? Uh -huh. And we can just start with <laughs> where you are. And I don't know what makes me that way. I just, I, I've never really been able to identify it other than to say that each of us have mysteries that we're still discovering about ourselves. Uh -huh. And what else, how else do you, you talk about it? Uh, you know? Yeah, so I'd like to talk now about ClickFunnels. Like there's some business people who know all about ClickFunnels, but some people, they might've heard the word because I mean, it's all over. Russell Brunson's got it all over the internet. <laughs> but what is a ClickFunnel? 
Well, I guess the simplest term to describe a click funnel is, do you hire salespeople in your business? Do you need sales? Do you have to bring in clients? And, um, and, and many companies, especially entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, or even small businesses, they've got, they've hired salesmen or they themselves are doing the, the selling and the marketing and they're wearing all, it's like what hat, of, uh, they've got all these hats, you know, mm-hmm. they're changing hats all the time. A click funnel is like your salesman, your salesman that's 24 seven. He's right there that when you talk about this, when you go into meetings, you say, oh, well, if you want to know more, click here and get, and, and then what happens is that becomes another way to call it a click funnel is like a landing page or a lead magnet or um, goodness, I, there's all different terms for it. It's a funnel. And I, I, I show people how to become profitable with whatever they're selling, their products, their services, their course, courses, their books by creating a funnel and then creating a, a sequence of nurturing emails. And it's a drip marketing campaign is the name we call it, but it's, an, it's nurturing them. It's not just blasting them, you know, buy my book or <laughs> buy my course, but it's, it's really um, more along the line of slowly getting to, getting to know them, them getting to know you, building a reputation and as someone that they can know, like, and trust. Today, people hold webinars to help expedite that, that warm handshake, that introduction of themselves and their product and the value that they offer and the problems that they solve to clients. And many people are finding that the website, like the front door to an organization, and I say, I put these on level playing fields because they think that that's all they had to do. They just had to hang the sign out, the shingle, hey, I'm open. And, and they would all come. And that is not the case. Yeah. <laughs> you could sit there for a long time. I've opened businesses cold. <laughs> you have to get out there and market network and say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> like the who's. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're here. So um, so now you're helping people with click funnels and you're still helping like with websites. And why don't you uh, tell people the different things, different offerings that you have right now that you can help them with? Well, you pretty well said it all. Um, but it, I also help them shift their mind because most, a lot of people are caught right now with thinking that they're paralyzed with nowhere to go. I help them recognize the value that's within them. Say for instance, someone who was maybe just retired or forced into retirement or recently laid off, they were in that position that this employer paid them for, whether it was a short time or a very long time, they got hired because there was something in them that was, that was valuable mm-hmm. because no one has a job and not value. You just, Mm -hmm. you're not going to hire somebody that has no value. You're going to have someone that has a value that is strategic with what it is that you're offering. And so I am showing people how to take that value within them and flip it around into offering it to other people in the form of courses or writing that book or um, becoming a, a coach in that particular area. Uh, to counsel and help people shift themselves. 
I know teachers that have taught for years and their skill is so valuable and the courses that they taught, you know, I think the kids today just don't get the same value from the school system because they're measured on these statistics that will never help them in their future. And we could get into education in America and, and I'll just tell you a story. I had friends from Russia. They came and they went to school here. He moved his whole family here because he was in school getting his degree. And yet every summer they had to take the kids back to Russia. Why? Because they couldn't let their kids fall behind in school because the American school system was so antiquated and archaic compared to the other nations of the world. And I say the world because I can't imagine Russia having something so superior to the other world. And when you go check on the world statistics of where American education and graduates are falling in relation and in competition with all of the students in the world, because you know we look at competition for our business. Let me tell you, every student that graduates college is measured against every other student academically. And if we can't raise the standard of our children and their future, they will not be able to compete on the world scale in a global marketplace because we all see the writing on the wall. It is no longer just us. Like we, you know, that American dream, it's really everyone has a dream. The whole world has a dream. And every student has, as every child wants to dream and we want to help them dream. And we wanna make the world an equal playing field in the educational systems of the world. So my call is to the teachers of the world, come out, come back. Let's create those, that unique gift that you have that you are so good at. You run a, what awards in your field for what it is you did. If I could challenge you to let's build courses, let's mm -hmm. take your courses out to the world in the specific areas that you are so gifted in, you're so talented in. You're, mm -hmm. There's a dream that's inside of you that never got un launched or unleashed or something, but we don't want you to go away. The whole world is waiting for your skill, for your gift, for your talents, for your dreams. And, and I have that passion for anyone in any industry that made them so highly unique and so highly skilled we just can't lose that talent. We need to put it somewhere. Beautiful, thank you. And oh, that, I just feel that in my heart when you were talking about it. I and, felt and it in it my such, heart too. Yeah, yeah, everybody has something so unique to them. And it's something that when they don't share it, we all lose out, the world loses out. And when the you share world. it, we, we all get to enjoy it with you. So just like, uh -huh. yeah, to, to kind of answer that. So if you had, for instance, a course, I will build all the parts of the infrastructure for you, whether it begins at a website or, and then goes to a funnel for each of those individual courses that goes into a nurturing campaign to tell everybody why this is so important to them, what problems it will solve, how it will change their life. I can build the backend infrastructure and make it an evergreen webinar. I can build the membership sites that will house all of the components and the structure of your courses. And it doesn't matter what you, it is that you need. I love technology. I love technology. It, you can <laughs> tell it kind of burns within me. And, and I'm, I, and my stretch goal for me is I want to get more into the performance marketing and the measurements 
and to make the marketing marketing so strategic and so targeted and so focused that I, I help my clients exceed even the expectations they could ever have. Wonderful. So if people wanted to hire you to do all these things you're talking about, how do they find you? Well, I, my main website is wewebdesigner.com. Okay. And I call it wewebdesigner simply because it's you and me. It's a we. I do this with you. And the web is anything from websites to click funnels to anything web or digital focused because I'm a digital agency. And so the wewebdesigner.com, you and I design your future, your life, your dream together. Wonderful. Thank you. So just on a personal note, what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? I just had twin grandbabies, my mm -hmm. son. Okay, congratulations. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And they're adorable. They're, they're fraternal. They're not uh, identical. And just watching the uniqueness of these babies. And, oh, we're having so much fun. Our whole family is so excited. Very excited. And other excitements are to see, to watch a client. When all of a sudden they say, I can't do this. I cannot do it. You just don't know me. I can't do this. And I said, but I challenge you, I challenge you. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'll give you two stories. Um, one story is a client who came to me that very question. Oh, I can't do this. I said, but what you want is on the other side of it. I challenge you, will you do this 30 days? Will you just go out there and go live on Facebook? 30 days. And she goes, okay, I'm going to do it. Oh, okay, I'm going to do it. And I said, I'm praying for you. I know you can do it. <laughs> you don't have to talk for a long time. You just have to go live. Uh -huh. And she goes, okay. Do you know, after the first day she calls me and she goes, oh, I had people join in with me. I had people responding right when I was talking. I had this happen. And I said, do it again tomorrow. So she mm -hmm. did it. She did it. She did it. And I'm telling you, she is now not only the author of a book. I mean, she had already authored a book, but now she's teaching a whole network of, of authors to become authors. She has gone forward into all these speaking engagements and doing all these different things. She has such confidence it changed her life. Mm -hmm. And she says, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Diane. And it's just like, I love, I look forward to that. That makes joy. That just makes me leap inside. Mm -hmm. And then another story I wanted to leave with you is this. For my first funnel that I did for a client was about two years ago. She came to me with a $97 product. And she says, I have going everywhere. I'm, I'm trying to market this and I'm just not being successful. I want a funnel. And I went, okay. So I created her funnel for $97. And do you know, within less than three months, she had 400 X her sales. She wow. goes, wow. Okay. That's all I need. That's all I needed to know. This works. And then she comes back about, I guess it was about eight or nine, 10 months later. She goes, my next uh, funnel is for a $2,000 coaching that I'm doing as a result of what she, her whole program and everything. And she goes, I need you to build this funnel for me. And I built the funnel for her and it exploded her. Let's see the, the first one took her into the six digits. This one is taking her into the mid to high seven, six digits. And then she comes back later. Let's see, it was about, maybe it was eight months later, six, seven, eight months later. And you know, in this whole two year time frame. And she says, now I want you to build me a funnel for $10,000 basic for my course. 
And then she goes, and then I have a VIP program for 20,000. And I went, wow, that's amazing. So I built this for her and it's taken her seven digits. It has taken mm -hmm. her seven digits, but hold on. She wasn't done yet. In September, she came and she said, now I need you to build my $100,000 funnel. I went, what? Wow. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, since September, she has eight people in that program. Wow. It's amazing. Eight people at $100,000. You see, we just don't know who we are. There is a mystery inside each and every one of us that if we will discover it and step beyond the fear of who we think we are, I mean, I coach clients to forget, take those limitations off, break yourself free, take those chains and chop them off, smash them with a sledgehammer, tell yourself you can do this. And, and you know, when you believe something, it comes true. You're re-scripting your life. You're writing down who you will be, who you really are, and then you just do it. Beautiful. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing all your wisdom. And uh, I've learned a lot. So thank you. Well, thank you, Kimberly, for asking me. It's really been a pleasure and an honor to be here. Yeah. So I have one last question before we finish. Okay. What's your best advice on living an incredible life? To know that God loves you and to know that, and to love yourself. It is so important to know that you are loved, 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 loved. I can't say loved enough. And that when you know that you are loved so much and that you were created and designed for purpose, that you can look in the mirror and say to yourself, I am loved. I am loved. I am so loved. I'm so excited. I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. And you can dance around your house saying, wow, I am so loved. Oh, thank you. That's great. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again soon, Diane. You take care. Thank you, Kimberly.